Welcome everybody to the King Ugly Crew channel. Uh, we are uh, meeting here tonight. We've got uh, Baron and Griffith with us this time. Uh, they were not on last time. We also have Case Isaiah and Lonin and myself, Dane Jensen. Um, we're going to be having a fun night tonight. We're going to talk a little bit about the Gambler 500, but before we get into that, I'm going to have Griffith and Baron introduce themselves. So, uh, Griffith, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, everyone. Um, I am Griffith. I'm, I don't know what number of child I am. Uh, I've got four kids ranging from 11 to nine months old now. Um, and I guess we go off of what I've done. I've, I worked at, I've been in parts pretty much all my life. So I'm kind of those guys that I've been doing parts, worked at AutoZone, O'Reilly's, and then worked into the Subaru world uh, for many years. And now I'm here at PDD as the sales manager and having fun here, making thousand horsepower trucks or at least trying to. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I don't have much more to add to that. Well, tell us about your cars, Griffey, if you can list them. Yeah, how many kids do you have? Like 17, I think, is what we had come up with, me and Baron. 17 a- cards, cars, not kids. Yeah, cars. Yeah, um, if you have 17 kids, how many wives? No, just <laughs> just one wife. I could only handle one in my life anyways. Uh, What's your favorite to drive? I don't know. I don't know if I have a favorite car. It's probably the reason why I own so many. My Golf was one of my favorites. Um, and then I decided to stop driving it, which hopefully soon that will be stopping because I'm tired of dealing with my Jetta that I've been trying to make fast like my Golf was. And that Golf was fast. I mean, totally surprising fast. Griffith, anything else you want to tell us? No, uh, I think that pretty much covers up everything. I mean, I, I, I guess I have very similar life to what Barrett and Case have. Moved to Vegas about the same time. Kind of grew my hate of my Vegas as well. Um, and I moved up to Cedar. I actually moved to Prescott, Arizona, um, trying to get away from Las Vegas. Uh, taking a parts and service director job at a Subaru up there and just decided that it was not for me and came to work here. And I'm actually really happy to be living in Enoch, unlike Case. Um, it's, oh, give me a break. It's, We're like a half it's, hour uh, Much better for me. I've been very much happier with living here. I'm having all my family here and, you know, kind of always been kind of been the guy that always likes to have the family around. Awesome. I think that uh, goes for all of us. That's something I think mom and dad instilled, instilled in all of us is just, you know, having family and family's important. So awesome, Fuff. Uh, oh, I call Griffith Fuff. So if I say Fuff, I'm talking about Griffith. Um, Aminal, Baron, uh, tell us about you. And I will really try not to use nicknames, but I don't call anybody in our family by their real name. So uh, Baron, tell us a little bit about yourself. Alrighty, my name is Baron, like the Red Baron, so I got to introduce myself to most everybody. Uh, I have a red beard, and I generally, my favorite color is red, so it all kind of goes along. Um, I have my wife, Brianna. I have two kids, Tinley and Axton. They're both under the age of two. Axton I just had uh, about six months ago, so he's a COVID kid. Um, and 
Uh, same story as Griffin Case. Moved to Vegas, same time. I mean, the only exception for me was I went served a mission in Northern California for two years, then went back there and lived there for six months, and then decided that I was kind of done with the California life and moved back. Um, what I've done in my life, I've pretty much been a mechanic my entire life. I started out as a diesel mechanic, then moved to heavy equipment, then moved to lighter heavy equipment. That was a union job. It was super easy. Then decided to throw away $38 an hour to come to power-driven diesel. And then from power-driven diesel, uh, we split ways, and now I'm back to heavy equipment. And as Case mentioned last week, I am just starting engineering school for mechanical engineering. Um, decided, you know what, there's a lot of morons out there that, well, I, I guess that's unfair. They're not morons. They just don't have any mechanical experience. And so they really just don't know, have a clue what the mechanic has to deal with on the back end of what they're dealing with. Um, the things that I really like, uh, like my interests, um, I am a, a 6.0 power stroke guy. I've owned several. I handle a fleet of 6.0s. For people, um, between me and Griff, we've done a lot of work on them. Uh, we've gotten down to pulling a cab on a 6.0 or on any uh, Super Duty, for that matter, in about an hour and 20 minutes. Uh, we actually just the did one last night. Kings. Uh, well, to give an example, I mean, we just started with, uh, we pulled a cab off of a 7.3 last night. We pulled it off at 5 p.m. We had it back on doing, after we did injector cups, back on and running at 11.30 at night. So, Gosh, it's so fast. And that wasn't because it wasn't ready to run by 10. My batteries were dead, and so we were waiting for the charger to charge them. So, we, we've gotten really fast at working on our super duties. Um the my education uh i'm a scania master tech um scania is a swedish manufacturer of engines and trucks over there um uh, the reason i am that is because of my heavy equipment experience to come with scania engines um and then my cars so cars or autos i guess because i'm gonna throw in some side by sides in here um, so the truck I probably own the longest, I have a 2005 King Ranch, paid five grand for, uh, seven years ago, bought it with 140,000. It currently has 240,000 on it. And you can ask any one of my siblings, what is probably the most reliable truck in our fleet? And it's my 2005 6L. Absolutely. Uh, hey, come on, come on, Duramax. Um, Dur what, whose truck broke three weeks ago? I think it, it was didn't the break. Duramax. It was the EGR crap. Um, still did, broke. It break. Yeah, the only problem I've ever had with Baron's super, or his King Ranch are the seats, first of all, which he knows, and the AC went out when we were moving last summer. But besides it that, was it was beautiful. That thing is just, it's been a great truck, Baron. So, it is I, a great truck, Baron. It looks good, too. I mean, I probably hold the record for the, the longest I've traveled in any rescue. I actually had to drive my wife's truck which was a 2004 f350 that was lifted on 35 six inch lift really gaudy truck i hated that thing we drove that we put my truck on a trailer behind it drove to houston and picked up uh old business partner and then came back with his race truck and his daily which were both by the way 12 valve cummins so i guess my my six o's got the rescue of the old faithfuls of the world whoa 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 calm down there Hey, hey, I have to throw out the love for the 6.0 somewhere. The funny thing about that whole thing is, is it was one push rod that he could have just stolen out of one of the other ones and drove his own crap back. Yeah, but now I get to rub it in that a 6.0 got to rescue his 12 valve. 
I get it. I get it. Hey, hey, I've got a Fumman's waiting to go and have some fun with. And Bear, you know it'll be good. All of the uh, 12 valves I've driven, I've, I've driven several. I, mean, I think the, the most high horsepower 12 valve I've driven was about 850 horsepower. That was my Hudson's truck. Um, and they are a riot, don't get me wrong. But, man, if they could just get a transmission to shift like a 5R110 does, they are exceptional. Like, And that's where Griff's Fumman's is going to be a ton of fun. So uh, I guess we'll Ooh. finish off. Uh, I guess we'll finish uh, cars really quick. Uh, I've got an 06 Jetta TDI, uh, GL350 Mercedes, uh, 1971 Mercedes 250C. That's the car that I'll probably hold on to forever. I've done a lot of work to that one. I did a full drivetrain conversion, uh, but it's nothing to talk about. I mean, zero to 31 seconds. 30, 30.5 was uh, the, the road and track numbers for it. You mean so, the car you super fast time trying to sell? Hi. I don't know. I only have it listed because if I can get five grand off of it, then I'll get five grand off of it. Sounds like you're trying to sell it. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Sounds like my YXZ. I have it listed to appease my wife. Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. Uh, then I've got my 24 valve Cummins that I just bought to sell. I traded that for a side-by-side and the guy gave me some cash on top of it. Um, and then, then everyone's going to make fun of me for this. I've got my Articat Wildcat 1000X. It's a 2013 and a half model. What's the VIN? I have no idea. It's green. It's the bright green color. They do ask for that when you're trying to buy parts. So, uh, and then I've just got my, I've got an 83 Suzuki GS1100E Katana, and then just a couple of dirt bikes. Cool. All right. So thanks, Baron. Thanks, uh, Griffith. We're going to move on. We're going to talk about the Gambler 500. Um, Case Isaiah, can you just kind of fill everybody in on what the Gambler 500 is and and how you heard about it, you know, just kind of a synopsis on how you guys got involved. Oh, absolutely. So I, I'm a huge fan of the YouTube channel called B is for Build. Um, and he had done a few uh, Gambler 500 runs. And so basically the, the premise of the entire thing is that you you find a, a car that you spend less than $500 on um, and puts it everything out less than $500 and take it on this journey that is roughly 250 to 500 miles. And it's over dirt road, over rocks, basically whatever terrain they can find. The absolute worst way to get to point A to point B, they'll put you down that road. And uh, basically just see, uh, it's called a gambler for region because it's a gamble if you can get to the end. And that's basically it. It's not really about racing. It's it's also about, like, they're all about making sure that you're driving on the road and you see some trash, you pick it up. They're trying to make, make our actually forests and where they do these things cleaner. Absolutely. And it's just a, it's a blast to have, I mean, be out there with a whole bunch of group of people that are driving around in these clunkers is probably the best term for them. Um, and just, we're doing good things, but at the same time, just having a bunch of fun. Awesome. So how did you, um, how did you guys get involved in it? So I ended up uh, texting basically everyone, all of my brothers uh, in the, on the West side of the country uh, I was like, hey, we're going to go do this Gambler 500. It's in a few months. And I had to basically explain exactly what it was to everybody and got everyone on board. Uh, so we just started looking, man. We went through KSL, Facebook Marketplace, uh, man, Craigslist down in Vegas for you, Dane. We just went through everything, trying to find this cheap cars that would fit our family and be able to get through the trail. And uh, 
that's how we ended up finding Lonin's. Go ahead, Lon, talk about that. Well, do we want to discuss what we were going to decide we were going to do first? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So I was going to use, I've got a 1969 FJ40 that hasn't ran in literally 20 years. And I was like, you know what, instead of dumping $500 into a car, why don't I just dump $500 into this, get it running, and we'll take it up there. Well, long story short, it needed head gaskets and a bunch of other things. And really the worst problem was it needed a title. I still don't have the title on it. Still working on that issue. This is a year later. We're still waiting for the title. Yeah, yeah. And I've been, it's ridiculous. Um, so we decided not to go with that. And so then I started I'm looking for glad. a car. Yeah, actually, I mean, well, not me. It would have been really fun in my cruiser. I, I have to say it would have been enjoyable. Um, but yeah, but everything got beat up. I don't think my cruiser would have got beat up for where we were at. I mean, like it has a small enough wheelbase and it would have been tall enough that it would have been fine by itself. Um, and there was a couple other cruisers out there. Not only that though, it was, it would have been part of the adventure because that was honestly probably what the most lack of fun was what you chose made it. So it was almost a little unfun. It never broke. What they're getting at is that I, I, I was looking on Facebook and I was like, I got to get a vehicle for the gambler. So I'm just looking and all of a sudden this 06 Azusu Ascender seven seater pops up on Facebook or KSL, one of the two for 300 bucks. And I'm like, shoot, 300 bucks. Even if it doesn't run, I'm sure I can get it going. So I call up Griff and I was like, hey, you want to come down with me to go check out this car for 300 bucks? And he's like, yeah, sure. I'm not doing anything else today. So we jump in the vehicle. We head down to, to St. George and we start it and this thing is just, it is just running terribly. And me and Griff are both like, it, it doesn't sound like, you know, anything major is wrong with it. So we're like, you know what, let's, let's just drive it to the local auto zone and uh, we'll just, we'll just see if we can figure out what's wrong with it there. So after almost killing us, probably what, twice Griff? Yeah. The vehicle just literally can't get out of its own way. Um, we get to auto zone. We start moving some of the coil packs around. We find out they're all coil packs, which is pretty common in those vehicles to go out. So I go in and I'm like, how much is a set of coils? And they're like, oh, it's $300 for the six. I'll go to Amazon. So I found some Chinese for all six. I think it was 65 bucks or something like that. It needed some tires. They were pretty shot. And Griff had some sitting to the side that he'd bought from a coworker. I bought those from him. So all in all, I think... I'm into it about $560, $570 at this point. Oh, it needed a fan clutch as well. Um, so we, I think that cost me $70 as well. So I am over $500, bucks, but just barely. And uh, that's what we picked to take up there. I drove it all the way there. We'll go on from there. Uh, I think probably bearing our case on the other car we decided to take. Case, why don't you go ahead and uh, talk about the other car you took and then who rode with you? So a lot of... Tell us who rode with you in the Ascender. Um, I don't know if you guys switched it up or, or what happened with that. All right. So I was driving up by myself. Uh, nobody else was with me. Um, shoot. I think we got there at like, it was like 8.30, maybe 9 o'clock at night. It was, it was fairly late if I remember correctly. And um, Baron had his trailer. Well, actually, Case towed Baron's trailer from, if I remember correctly. Yeah, because Baron actually had to meet us there with a uh, non-service vehicle. Well, we can't tell what company it was from. But, yes, we had Baron's work truck. Yeah, uh, with... yeah. I totally had my service truck. I got a boom truck with a welder and everything on it. So I had to do a job out in Richfield, which was about two hours away from where we were meeting up. It did have King Ugly placards, though. Yeah, I had Lon and his wife make me some vinyls that we threw on some magnets, and I covered up my door stickers that for my company I work for. It was a very wise decision to have that truck there. Uh, yes. 
It was yeah, great. You'll, you'll find out later. So, Case, go ahead and tell us how that uh, that drive went for you. I, I'm pretty sure it was pretty uneventful for Griffith. He was just driving his probably, I think it was just your um, your Ionic, right? Yeah, that's right. So, you know, just hit the adaptive cruise and let her rip. Oh, it's hate adaptive cruise. Love oh, adaptive it's cruise. Freaking fantastic. You just got to get used to it, and then it's the best thing in the world. All right. So, Case, tell us a little bit about that. All right. So, um, I ended up, so instead of the, we decided or tried to come with a Mercedes that didn't work out that we had. So, I was like, screw this. We're just going to take my Subaru Outback. And then that, I, I spent all day Friday getting it ready. And found it it would not fit in the trailer. I also put it in, so I was like, "Oh, dang it!" They were case case was trying to take my toy hauler, so he somehow got his WRX to fit in the toy hauler, which kind of amazed me. Wedged between my stove and the fender well, but it fit by some miracle. Oh, I I got it in perfectly, like a glove. I'm just everyone knows that has ever owned an O2 to WRX knows that the front fenders are tin cans so if you even touch them they dent or look at them wrong they dent so let's just mine weren't straight by any means by the time we got there but hey we got the wrx in the car we were like okay i so this is the the car that i've lifted four inches put bigger wheels and tires on and uh yeah it was it was crazy getting that thing out there uh baron's trailer uh this is we were towing it with his king ranch was awesome truck but that his trailer was is I don't know why, but it is one of the worst trailers I ever tow with I ever. It is it is freaking terrifying. Before I put airbags on it, the thing would just sway and wander all over the road. It, it was not a delightful trailer, but the that, tail that has recently that been dog. remedied. The well, tail wagged that dog so bad. I found because I drove it back. I found out that I had a tire separating on the trailer, which that also wasn't helping the issue. But the biggest part was I think I was just overloading my truck. Yeah, and I, I, we, you definitely feel that doing seventy miles an hour down the road. We, I mean, I hardly push it to seventy just because it got so squirrely. And me and Jason had a, a really uh, fun, interesting trip. Every time someone passed us, we were in the, <laughs> in the, uh, in the rumble strips and everything else. It was that was a fun little trip. So we finally get into Pace in Utah, and we stop at the Walmart, and we find out that Lawnin is a half an hour behind us because we were going so slow. And we were like, yeah, we'll just sit down and wait for him. Um, and then Baron, I think Griff and Lawn were basically right behind each other, weren't you guys? Yeah. Okay. And then we, I know we grabbed food and that took a nightmare too, trying to figure out where to get food that late and pay fuel, uh, small, fuel food. Oh, and then certain, certain places wouldn't take certain cards Then I had to go somewhere else. It was ridiculous. Oh, I it mean, was Smith. It was Smith. Yep. Cause Smith just changed their policy for no visas, which is dumb. Uh, but, uh, basically it took us an hour just to get fuel and food. And then the drive out the mountain took another 45 minutes. So we didn't get up there until close to midnight, I'd say. Correct me if I'm wrong. Late. Very, very late is all I remember. And it was cold. Not particularly warm. It, it was freezing. Like, legitimately, it was below 30 degrees by the time we got there. I know that for a fact. Uh, luckily, I, I had saved our camp spot with my Mercedes that I had at the moment. Uh, we, I just parked it earlier that week. Because uh, I was living up in the Salt Lake area at that time, and yeah, so this was, was Friday night, right? Yes, sir, Friday night, and it was beyond cold in that trailer. I mean, we were uh, trying to snuggle as best we could, and everyone was dying by the time we got up in the morning. Like, what was wrong? And the Baron just, hey, we could have turned our my heater on. 
Thanks, Baron. No, 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 no. So I didn't know the heater worked. The trailer was still new to me at that time. So we still didn't use the heater that whole weekend, but it was freaking cold. My goodness, woke up and it was just like, oh, it's bad. Yeah, if I remember correctly, nobody but me brought a jacket or a coat. No, we had coats, but they're hoodies. We had hoodies, so light jackets, nothing like a winter coat. So I stole lawn-ins because he brought an extra one. And then we just bundled up in our sleeping bags in the car. What? I don't know what you're talking about. I have my own personal winter coat. Wear it all the time. Yep. Until he shaves it off. <laughs> so let's move to Saturday morning. Um, Griffith, tell us about Saturday morning. So we woke up. It was cold. Um, but it was actually kind of interesting because we woke up, got out of the car, ready to go, and got to see all of the gamblers. There was a freaking awesome lifted Mustang out there, like Grand Prix, stuff like that. And so couple get, limos. Yeah. Don't forget about the limo. Limo was awesome. Well, I'm talking about before we even left camp, that was what was there. And then we headed to um, headed over to the meeting point, set up our, I mean, there was what, 50 cars, guys? Would you say that? I'd say pretty close. Yeah, right about there. And so we uh, we go get get into line and get ready to go to the gambler. And uh, we start our trek. And our very first trek on where we were headed to, um, after looking at all these cool cars, I guess, if we, I, I don't know if we want to talk about cars or not, if we want to talk about the journey. So real quick, let's, let's say, uh, Baron, what was your favorite car out there? The limo. That was sweet, the places that thing went. And Case? Well, mine, of course. But, uh, but there was a, a Cherokee that was done in the Jurassic Park theme with how the Jurassic Park thing on the side of it. It was awesome. Uh, one more, the, the one that actually took my breath away though was a it was like an older Dodge Neon. Had they literally cut the back seat roof, everything for the back seat back, and made it a uh, roll bar in the back behind it. It was awesome. I will post uh, all these pictures that I have on our Instagram, and that is at Cream Ugly Crew. That's on Instagram and uh, Facebook. So Griffith, what was your favorite one out there? I was, uh, I would say probably the Mustang. I thought the Mustang was awesome. I mean, this thing was on 33 inch tires, so it was pretty awesome. Cool. And Lauren, how about yours? I don't know if I have a favorite one, but the one that is most memorable to me was that like 1976 Monte Carlo that wouldn't get out of its own way. Like the thing was just a gutless, gutless wonder, but they had it on big, bigger tires and everything else. That one was probably the most memorable one to me. So you guys were there with Jason. Um, what do you guys think his favorite was or which one stood out the most to him? Something with a turbo, I'm sure. I don't know. Was there a sob? There was a sob and he fell in love with it. Yeah, or or it was that, that Subaru Justy that somebody had turboed or something like that. Literally just slapped a turbo on it. This thing was so ridiculous. Yeah, so I don't know. It could be either one of those things in my opinion. All righty. So you guys got going um, on the actual 500 that morning. Tell us about the uh, the actual road, Baron. So we start on the journey. They just have us go up this really awesome mountain road. It's paved until they have us go to this turnoff where it, it gets down this dirt road. And then how you start going down the mountain? And I mean, it's nothing too extreme. You could have, I mean, this limo went everywhere that it was supposed to go. So, I mean, it wasn't that extreme. It would have been a lot more fun if we could have gotten some speed on this road, but it was so bumper-to-bumper traffic that we couldn't get there. Well, then we're going down. We get to mostly the bottom of this canyon road, 
and it's a dead end. I guess the road had been washed out like a couple days before. They'd been dealing with some really epic rains. And so nobody knew it was a dead end. So everyone, all of these cars have to turn around and go back up the hill. Yeah, and this is like a mile and a half, maybe two miles down. And Baron was riding with me at the time. I think Griff was in the back of mine as well. And so me and Jason were just cruising along. We were ahead of Grip, uh, ahead of the other car. And so we made down to the bottom first. And then started winking our way back up after we turned around. And there was a pile jam on both sides. And finding out that there's a car that was taking the corners too fast. Ended up sliding over the edge of this cliff. I mean, it was a good, I would say, 70 or, sorry, 20% incline. On the other side, it was nuts. I don't know how he didn't go completely off. Yeah, it was crazy. And then they, they I mean, they just, I think it was two two cars with different winches, kind of just like winched him back up onto the road. It was, it was pretty awesome. Baron was about to go grab his freaking work truck and just, you know, boom truck him back on, but they didn't need it. Like, these guys knew what they were doing. How far off the road were they? He was probably down the hill a good 20 feet, I would say, guys, you think? I have, the, I have a video, a short video of it uh, that I'll try to get online as well. But it is, there's three points of contact um, on the, there's a front and the back on the winches. And then they got a whole line of people actually pulling from the side of the vehicle to pull it back up on the road. Wow. So tell us a little bit more about it, about the, the road and the dead end. What happened after the dead end? So after the dead end, everybody got turned around. We went all up to the main road. And so this canyon road was supposed to take us down into, oh, where were we at? Payson? So... We went into Payson, went through Payson to the other side to a different mountain range. And that's kind of where we found, we, we went on this kind of dirt road. I mean, it was just kind of anything you could still take a two-wheel drive car on, but it led us to this tunnel. And so it was this old train tunnel. And so we go through it. And of course, Case's car sounds awesome. So we're, we're having fun driving back and forth through this tunnel. Well, then I have the bright idea to, there's this little like awesome incline jump right at the end of this tunnel. So I'm like, Case, go take a video of this. So I jump his car first, and he decides, well, this is my car, so I'm going to get some more air than him. So I'll Case go from there. Yeah, so uh, I got, you know, a little angsty seeing my car getting jumped. I'm like, you know what? I'm doing it. I'm doing it way better. I might have jumped this thing, I don't know, three, four feet in the air. I mean, I don't have anything special done. It's just Forrester, stock Forrester struts. And, man, we came down so hard on my driver or passenger side tire. And just driving out of there... Uh, you could tell that thing was bent. It was so gnarly. Yeah, like bad enough that we couldn't even drive. Like we had to connect it to the Isuzu. So like I'm like perpendicular to Case, his front tire. We we attach a strap to it and we just give it all it's got and whack that thing. It took us probably, what, four times of pulling on that sucker to get it quasi straight. And it wasn't even straight. It was enough for us to get back out on the main road. And then we ended up pulling the tire off because uh, I got stuck. I parked my car on top of a rock and end up taking our my wheel off and readjusting my my bolts in there and trying to get it bent back out but it was it was never straight the rest of that the rest of that morning and this all happened within the first two hours of the entire the entire weekend and Lonnie, in that time frame you got stuck too didn't you it was after that but not much i mean probably half an hour like we've got a lot of people that were like going through and there were some spots that we decided we didn't want to go up because there were some people going up it and some people coming down it and I would talk about traffic jam. It was terrible. So we decided to go to the next point. We're like, you know what? We we won't hit this GPS point. We'll go to the next one. So we start going up and we find this like probably some sort of mine at one point. But there's, there's kind of the small plateau and other people are going up and over it. And so I decided to go ahead and do it. And bam, high centered right on the top. So a car 
comes up and they're like, actually, Case was about to come back and, and, and try and pull me off. And this car's like, no, 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 I got it. It's a little Grand Am. And so they take a rat or they take a, a tow hook and they attach it to a, a spot on my subframe to the back of the this Grand Am. And they, you know, back up as far as they can. And then they get a good running start out of it. Well, the car didn't move, but the, uh, the ratchet or the strap literally broke out of the subframe and the hook went right through their back window. I mean, if it had been more to the left or more to the right, it probably would have killed somebody. It was going that bad. That's crazy. So how'd you end up getting unstuck? So, uh, was it the same? I think it was the same car. Um, we no, just, it was oh, a, a Jeep came up. Oh, and it was a JKU. Yeah, it was, it was somebody with a new JKU, and they were kind of just following people to help out. And so, yeah, that's right, Baron. Um, so they came up. We hooked it to a completely different spot that we knew was a lot more a lot more sturdy. Robust. Yeah, let's go with robust. Well, we pulled off backwards is what we did. Where before they were trying to pull it forward where he got stuck, we yanked him off the off the hill backwards. Which was the better idea because I was I was not completely high centered. It was the front of my car that was was on some sort of ground. And so they just had to get my front wheels back up and on. And then I, I was able to back off without an issue. Yeah, I mean, so then we so we, we continued did on. Did you make it up the hill? Oh, yeah, I made it up that hill. It just, I didn't make it off that one side. So that wasn't an obstacle. We just parked there for pictures and Lonnie got stuck. Yeah, it was just me okay. messing around. Like, it was funny because I went up a couple of the other sides afterwards. I didn't have an issue. It was just that one that, like, it, it dropped off super fast, and then and then it kind of tapered out. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about um, hitting the pickup art. Well, before we do that, let's let's go back to uh, so so we're, we're we're following this past these GPS points, and uh, we get to this place. It's called Little Moab, and uh, it's it's pretty rocky. Actually, it's it's extremely rocky. It is Little Moab, like legitimately. That's if the you name know of it. What, yeah, it is Little Moab. And it's, it is, I mean, just rock wall after rock wall. I mean, it's meant for Jeeps or, or rock crawling machines. And I got the bright idea with Baron there just backing me up, you know. Um, uh, let's go let's go rock crawl the, the, the wrecks. Why not? Let's go do this thing. Go ahead, Baron. Take it from there. So Case decides he wants to take some videos of his car. And I am just driving along. We're going down these really horrible rocky paths. I mean, this this place is like Little Moab. I mean, it's just solid rock. And you're going down these ledges to where I'm bottoming the car out like every time it goes down. Well, Case is getting a video and changing positions. And I fall down into this ledge. And I'm bottomed out. So I give it a little bit of fuel to try and get out of this hole or whatever I'm in. And Case is yelling at me, screaming, stop, stop, stop. My strut just fell out. And I'm like, your strut just fell out? No way. And I hop out of the car. Oh, go ahead, Case. So literally my my strut tower, if you know what a Subaru is, it's got three bolts to hold it in. And it's basically a rubber piece on top. It, the rubber piece ripped in half and my entire wheel fell underneath my car um, as he went off his ledge. And I didn't realize what happened until I looked closer and he started to drive, trying to drive forward with it. <laughs> and uh, I'm screaming at him, stop, don't go, stop moving. Uh, my strut's out. And it, it and so we, um, luckily Griff had worked at Subaru for so long, so he, he had a, a bunch of knowledge on how to get that thing up there. And uh, we ended up ratchet strapping um, my strut to my engine bay somehow and to hold it in place for us just to get back to the main road and ooh, it was that was fun it was certainly eventful so we we kind of it wasn't even in the main road did we get 
Oh, I guess we took it all the way back into town, right? Yeah, we stopped in Payson. It wasn't Payson. It was actually, uh, oh Santa gosh. Quinn. Santa, Santa Quinn. Quinn. Yeah. So we, we parked it at some restaurant in Santa Quinn. And um, everybody piled in the, the Azusu because, you know, I got seven seats. So why not? And uh, we head off. Well, actually, so as we're heading back toward um, toward Santa Quinn, I think, it, I think Jason and Case, maybe you were in my car. I don't remember who was all in my car. I think we all were in your car at that point trying to figure out. Oh, it was Griffin, Lon- Griffin Barron, I think, was in the, in the wreck. And so we, me and Jason were online uh, calling O'Reilly's, calling AutoZone, uh, just trying to figure out if we can just find a strut we can just throw into this thing real quick. And then I did a little bit of research and found out that there was a pick-apart in Orem or Provo, um, all similar area. It was uh, Orem. Orem. And we're like, man, we're half an hour away. Let's just go to Pick Apart. They do have a Forester there in in the the thing. So let's head over to Pick Apart. This is like 3.30. And so we get we head over to Pick Apart. All of us are in the car. And we're heading there. We get in. And we find these, these well, I think there's like three of them in there. And one's completely rusted out. We're like, Phew, we can't get that one. So we move to the next one. And, and, and there's something happened. We, we, we could not get that strut off. Right, Case? Yeah, we went three different cars to finally find the correct strut. We ended up pulling an Outback one because we couldn't find the other one. And that was close enough for what we remembered. And uh, yeah, <laughs> and getting the part. So we're out of there be- right before they close down. Head back to Santa Quinn. Uh, and we ended up getting lo- our dinner there in Santa Quinn. And we're like, okay, do we want to do try to do this in the parking lot? Uh, we can try to, you know, find a, another rock to park my car on and just pull the strut and put it in there. And then someone decides, hey, let's just drive it back up to our campsite with a ratchet strapped strut tower uh, up this windy road back up to Payson Canyon. Uh, I think it was an hour away. We we're like, hey, let's just drive it back. We use Baron's crane and we'll jack or we'll just lift it up. So. We end up getting it all the way back up the hill. Griff and I are the ones that drove it back. I think Griff drove it back. But uh, we get all the way back up to where we were camping. And I, I've got a 6,000-pound crane on my truck. I'm like, well, this car only weighs like 4,000 pounds. So we just wrap a couple of uh, straps around his roof and decide we pick the whole car up. And so he's working on his car right about waist level. I'm going to be just like working on a lift. But he gets it all put back together. It's great. We put it back down. Realize that I totally bent the crap out of his door seals. Absolutely. And I still don't, my windows still don't shut normal to this day. Well, and you've also got to remember, this was also like 530 at night when we started. I think it was like 630 by the time it ended. So it was getting dark and we're in the mountains. So the sun has gone down like way earlier than usual. So it was getting dark by the time Case was done. It was dark. Yeah, we were lucky that Baron had lights on his truck. Um, but we finally get it done. We're like, okay, let's go. Cause we're supposed to head back to where we started at just to meet with the group and see how everyone's going. And Baron's like, okay, I'll just bring my service truck over there and see if anyone else needs help. And, uh, so that Mustang that Griffey loved, uh, Baron ended up helping out. So I ended up taking my service truck and the guy, I can't remember exactly what it was. Do you guys remember what he was trying to fix? It was something his like exhaust. a tie rod. No, his, his exhaust. exhaust, his exhaust came off and ripped off and they had to fix it. So I ended up taking the crane again, and we ended up picking up the car on its side because I had I'd learned from past experiences not to use the roof again. And so we ended up getting the car on the side using, oh, was it the tires? I think I wrapped a couple of straps between the tires. Yep, and we just right picked it the up. Rims. Yep. yep. And we just 
like laid it up at what would you guys say a 60 degree angle and 45 degree angle probably at least a 45 and the guy just crawled underneath it got it worked uh, we had the lights out i had all my tools i mean and it, it was it was a really cool experience the crazy thing was did you so, have to weld it up no no actually you did have to weld it didn't you if i remember correctly i think i welded something on somebody else's car but i don't think it was on that mustang it was like a bracket came off Oh, yeah, that's it was right. a, a hanger fell off or something. So anyway, so like it's late. It's by the time we get up there, it's seven thirty, eight o'clock, and so we expected everybody to be back. And we get back there, and we're talking to the officials, and they're like, "Actually, like probably sixty something percent of the people haven't even come back yet." <laughs> and we're like, "Well, we wouldn't be back if we were still out there." So we get it. It, this it was first, ridiculous. That first day was the roughest terrain i've ever put my a subaru through or anything lower like that through and it was it was beating up our cars and i don't know how i mean lawn and ascender had the i mean it was scraping over rocks and my car was scraping over rocks and i i had way i don't have any torque in the subaru also i roasted my clutch that day just trying to go easy over things it was a rough terrain yeah it was it was really bad like like terrible I mean, like, there's points where, you know, like, I was just frame scraping everywhere I went. And I was like, if if this is, like, what tomorrow's going to be like, I, I really don't want to go out and do this. Yeah, that we I think we all decided that if it's going to be a lot like, to, if Saturday is a lot like Sunday, then we're done. We're not going to continue this at all. Thank goodness it wasn't Sunday. It was a freaking riot. Awesome. So let's let's get into Sunday a little bit. So was it cold that night? I think it was even colder that night. I think it was five degrees colder. It was, it was freaking chilly in the morning. And once again, that heater never got turned on. And then, Sorry. Uh, what time did Griff leave? He left pretty. Did he leave Saturday night or did he leave? Um, so, Saturday night. No, I left Saturday night. So he went over there with us when we went over and started working on people's cars that night. But then, and then he left and went home. I didn't. Oh, you did? Nope. I thought you were there. I didn't. I didn't even see Case's car get fixed. Oh, that's right. You had a you had a uh, primary program you had to be at, if I remember correctly. Yep. So, what time did you guys get done helping everybody out Saturday night before you got back to camp? Uh, I'd say eight thirty, nine o'clock, somewhere in that range. And we went back and actually played Rummy for a little while, if I remember correctly, a couple of games. Um, but then we just ended up crashing. But Manny was we were no all better than exhausted. Before. I mean, we were exhausted. I mean, you wouldn't think driving would take it out of you so much, but it wasn't so much driving. We had to get out of the car. What do you guys guess? Probably forty times to go look at a road or a trail or go. Uh, do I want to take that path or do I want to take that path? So it was a lot. Of it was really sunny. So it was it was a rough day so su sunday was colder that that morning and then what time did you guys get going on sunday i think the whole event started about eight o'clock uh, everyone met up around eight o'clock got our we got our coordinates for our papers the next day or that day for the day uh, and then we headed out and this that trip was we heading out of pacing canyon and we went to uh, isn't it miniature bryce canyon or something like that up there yeah i think that's what the name of it was it was really pretty all, it was all paved road. There was no dirt that time period. Yeah, it was just a nice little cruise. And at that time, my car was somewhat fixed. <laughs> um, so it wasn't too bad to drive. And then we start cruising down this mountain. And then we start hitting what Jason refer, would refer to it as, as rally. Uh, because it was open dirt road as far as the eye could see. 
and we just went. So what was really cool is there was a section that, um, and I've got it on video. We'll have to get it up on either YouTube or um, Facebook or somewhere, uh, Instagram maybe. But but I have a, a video of, of Case, and I think it's uh, Jason in there. And they're just booking. Like, like I went ahead. We talked to him about it first, so we decided we were going to do this. And so I went way up ahead, and I sat at this corner, and Case is – you know, he's way down the road and I see him. And so I start filming him. He's coming up the road and um, he comes up and passes me. He's probably doing 30 around this corner, maybe 40 and just sliding that back end around and just ripped in that corner. It looked great. It was awesome. I wish I would have done a slow-mo shot of it. It would have been pretty, pretty awesome if I had done so. But, but I think it turned out really good. Um, so we did probably, I don't know, probably seven or eight of those where I would, I would leapfrog ahead and stop and shoot and then, you know, somebody else would shoot, and then and then we finally switched off cars. Yep, we just ended up switching drivers throughout this entire Sunday trip, and it was just a full day of rally driving. I mean, we were doing probably 80 miles an hour down these dirt roads in my Subaru. Obviously, Lana not going as fast, but uh, it is it was one of the scariest things to do uh, was drive that thing after the strut was broken because it would just pull in certain directions and. When you are in boost, it pulled right. When you're out of boost, it pulled left. It was retarded. It literally would pull you into a ditch if you did not have your both your hands on the wheel. But, man, it handled those roads so well. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's one of my favorite things to do is just going fast on dirt roads where, you know, you can slide that back end around and, and uh, just have fun. But So how, how many miles of that do you guys think you went on with the rally specials i would say it was almost 30 40 miles maybe not that long i'd say it was at least 50 i mean to be honest with you it was a lot of mileage that we put on that sucker i mean you got to think about up to maybe the point where we left off just now before we went to that church um it was probably 30 but but all day i i'd say it was a good 50 to to 70 I mean, we didn't do a 500. It was definitely not a gambler 500. We didn't do near 500 miles that full two days. But, you know, we did as much as we could. And we still, you know, Case had to get home. He was only about an hour and a half away. We still had to get home. But there, there, we've, we've got some. We I, I think we decided we were going to try and take Sacrament because we were passing this church. But they were just letting out. So, but we can't forget about the uh, the water crossings. I mean, Case, you should elaborate yeah, so on that. Yeah, so we... Uh... We got down to the section after we got running through this really great piece of road, and he started getting rockier and rockier as we started going down, and up following this, uh, I would say, I'd call it a creek, maybe, maybe it was a river. Um, but we get to the end, and it's literally blocked off by this log, and it's huge, and no one can get by it, and so everyone just piled up there trying to figure out what to do. And there's probably ten cars waiting here, none of which are cars; they're all SUVs. Yeah, so that's that's where I'm like trying to figure out, okay, so what's going on, like what. And then we start to get out, we walk around, and me, Baron, Lon, and, and Jason are all just sitting like, we could totally just drive through this river up and over and back over the over the other side with no issues. And so we start talking about it, and everyone's like, no way, you're never going to make it across, never, ever going to happen. Dude, I make it over in about 15 seconds. Uh, I mean, no problem for the Uber, none at all. It didn't do it, wash it out. It didn't do anything. You just, you just do the line right. Well, and I think that's something that we as Jensen's are good at is driving and finding the right line and looking at things like that, um, where other people are going to see it as an obstacle, you know, and it's going to stop and we look for a way to get o over it and around it. So how did the Ascender do, Lonan? So actually, Baron was driving at this moment, and um, I decided to let him drive. 
Uh, he felt comfortable in it, and I wanted to to make sure I could pick him a good line because there were some things you could not see, you know, in the river where there was rocks, that kind of stuff. And I knew the type of um, height that I had that I could deal with. And so we we get him through there. I mean, he took it just as good. I made him come open over a rock that I wanted him to hit on because he was in a better position afterwards. And uh, after that, I mean, you know, Baron, you can say how well you went through, but I think he did quite well. Uh, in all honesty, it was very anticlimactic. I don't even remember it. I remember a case of Subaru going through it because he kind of did it for Dale, but Lana did pick a very good line for me, which made it well, that's what's nice, not that we exciting were all to talk there about. Spawn each other. Yeah, because there were some pretty big rocks in that river, but we, we, we all, I mean, I think after we all looked at it, we saw, you know, there is a line here you just have to know where to take it and when to hit it and then you know we get past that and uh we come to this it just looks like this river in the middle of the road and it's got to be what 100 yards maybe 200 yards guys oh yeah at least that long of just muddy water like just because it's been downpouring for i mean the week before was so bad up there and this puddle is just, it was calling my name. I anticipate some people getting dirty. Oh, yeah, it was terrible. I mean, you may, it may have been two or three foot football fields long, and it was, it was ridiculous. So, Case, was I in your, uh, Case, take it first, I think. Okay, Case, how fast did you hit it? I, I think I, so, I think Lana was with me, but I was driving. And uh, first time I went through it, eh, okay. Lana was behind me quite a ways. I, so, I kind of turned around coming back have to go back to the mud puddle, mud puddle again, find out the lawn was, uh, I, I don't know what happened, but he ended up turning, oh, he's helping guide the other people through. That's what it was. And then, so he finally get going. And so I'm like, okay, I know how deep it is now. Uh, I'm going to hit this thing going probably 40 miles an hour. And I have basically nothing between my air intake and my air filter. Like it literally was just a big giant hole right through my fender. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we'll just say that my air filter actually blew a hole through the air filter because I put so much mud into my air intake. I, I wasn't behind. I was Well, I was behind, but I got out of the car because I wanted to film. And again, I think Baron was driving still, but I wanted to film Baron coming through that mud puddle. I was like, we got to go through, so we might as well get a shot of it. It's going to be cool. And uh, he, he did it for Dale when he went through. It was a lot of fun. There's nothing quite like uh, doing puddle bashing, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. Um, and then what did I say? Probably three, four, maybe five, maybe six, seven, eight, nine, ten miles up the road. There was actually, what, what's crazy, <laughs> I mean, is how long we were on these roads, but but getting up to that the river as well as the um, that mud puddle, I mean, how many how many washouts on the road did we see, guys? I mean, it was probably, in, in my opinion, I think it was probably seven or eight that literally the road had washed out and we could still make it through because we were tall enough. Yeah, it, it was pretty nuts how washed out this entire thing was just because of the rain that week. So it was it was nuts trying to get back to the main road. So you guys got through the washouts and uh, I'm sure the cars were just a disaster at this point. What did you guys do? Oh, we called it a day. We were, after that, we figured out it was like almost one, two o'clock in the afternoon. We're like, you know what? 
we need to go find a car wash. Uh, we got to get these things cleaned up because there's no way I'm putting this thing back in Barron's well, trailer. Well, it was the way an it hour. Is. It was just, I mean, just going back to camp was an hour, let alone those of us that had like a two and a half, three hour drive. So we were like, eh, we want to get home at a decent hour. So we're going to call it quits early. And um, so we go to this, we find this car wash in Payson. It, it takes us all the way to Payson before we can find a car wash. And uh, we got a couple pictures of it actually i think I, I we posted some of the ones on instagram of them and we're starting to pressure wash these cars off and i, I think the owner was there because we were getting some pretty dirty looks mean looks man we were like because our cars were brown like there was not a single spot on those cars that was the the, the correct color they were just brown I mean, from the mud to our credit we didn't go through the you know the 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 automatic car wash we actually you know pressure washed the car off so i mean was there a little more mud than he probably wanted yeah but you know what that's what it's for so it, it worked out fine for us <laughs> so you guys got everything washed up headed back to camp and got packed yeah i got all packed up got the, the subaru lined in again but his his clutch was so terrible at this point like like by the time we finally got it into baron's trailer uh, all you could smell, I swear, for miles was roasted clutch. 100%. It was like just getting it up the incline into the trailer was, it was nasty. It smelled like that for probably a good few months after we even took it out. Well, it sat there for a few months though, didn't it? That's always fun. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even pull it out of my trailer. I think it sat there for three months. Yeah, it was a nightmare. So guys, we are, uh, we're out of time for, for tonight. Is there anything anybody wants to add real quick? Go do it. The Gambler 500 is so worth it. I wish I would have known about it this year. I wasn't keeping up on it. They just did it last week. So I'm going to, well, they do one in spring and then one in the, uh, in the fall. So we'll, I am down for the next one. What do you guys think? Yeah, most definitely. I'm in. Um, we probably want to do the one in April. I'm in. Yep. 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 That's the next one. I was one. broken last time. Oh, that was, that was right after your accident. I broke myself. I couldn't get the last one. Yep right after my dirt bike accident so i couldn't go but all right anybody else got anything let's get your cruiser going lon and i want to try the mercedes again. the mercedes might be a fun one especially if you took the fenders off if you took the fenders off that thing would be cool because you could put some big fat monster tires on that thing that's what i was thinking find some utv tires we have enough utvs now it'd be easy to get some for it oh absolutely that'd be easy to fit those on there and guys if you're wanting to join us uh email us at uh king ugly crew at gmail.com if you guys have any recommendations for topic, just choose an email if you guys like this podcast go ahead and just subscribe and like us on or review us on whatever you can and we want to keep going with this thing so if you have recommendations for us to do freaking send them our way if there's a king if there's a uh, a gambler near you anytime soon let us know we might decide to go on that one as well yep awesome will uh baron case griff Lonin, good to hear from you guys uh, you know, talking about the Gambler 500, I'm excited to join you on your next one. Uh, appreciate everybody for uh, listening and, and uh, you know, hearing about, you know, what we like to do for fun. Like Kay said, let us know some topics of conversation you'd like to know about the Ugly Crew. And uh, with that, we're going to call it a night, everybody. And stay ugly.